Good tidings. Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, and I'm your Bible teacher, and I'm blessed to have you tuned in today. I'm accompanied today again by my wife, Dorinda, here in the studios of WXAN Radio here on the sun-drenched hills of Ava, Illinois. And here we are. Can you believe it already? We're on December the 2nd. (laughs) This year has seemed to have just whizzed by. It's December the 2nd. In the year of our Lord Jesus, 2023, could you imagine? We're here on the threshold of 2024. It's been a blessed year, and we pray that your Thanksgiving was good. You had a great time in the Lord with your family and loved ones. Got to see some people you haven't seen for a while and got to visit, catch up a little bit, and have some really good food and celebrate what God has done for you throughout this year. And then look with expectation and what he's going to do for us in the coming year, okay? But we're glad you're tuned in today, and um, I want to make an announcement like I've done a little bit here in the past. Uh, I, want to, I want to do an advertisement plug here for a dear, dear friend of Dorinda's and I's, and that's Tanny's Chill and Grill. Tanny's Grill and Chill in Golconda, Illinois. As you travel the Shawnee and run around in the southern Illinois region, folks, do yourself a favor. Make sure you go to Golconda, Illinois, and right across from the courthouse, there's this wonderful place to eat called Tanny's Grill and Chill. It's one of our favorite places, if not my favorite. I, I've told Tanny it's actually my favorite, but she's located at 319 East Main Street in Golconda, Illinois, at, and the zip code is 62938. The phone number there, you can find her on Facebook as well. At Tanny's Grill and Chill. But what we're doing here is going to just give her an advertisement and a plug. And thank you for those of you that have already went down to visit her because uh, she appreciates it. She's just an outstanding person trying to keep a small business going. And I know she appreciates all the, the patronage and all the stuff and all the things that you have done. But I want to give her this plug. She never asked me to. God put this on our heart. We, Dorinda and I do this because we believe in her. I promise you, the food portions are generous. And the prices are very fair. So do yourself a courtesy and a favor. Go to Tanny's Grill and Chill. Now, let me tell you a little bit about them real quick. On Mondays, it's Mexican Monday. Every Monday, there are free chips and homemade chips and salsa while you're waiting on your food. It's a wonderful Mexican uh, uh, menu that particular day. It's outstanding. Then on Tuesday, she's closed. But on Wednesday and Thursday, they're open 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And on Fridays and Saturdays, they're open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then on Sundays, she's open from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's Tanny's Grill and Chill, Golconda, Illinois, right directly across from the Pope County Courthouse. You can't miss her at all. Make sure and tell Tanny when you go down there. Tell Tanny that David and Dorinda sent you. You heard us on WXAN Radio, and um, she'll give you a smile and say thank you very much. I know she appreciates it. So, hey, here we are December the 2nd, folks, and it's exciting because we are in the Christmas season. December the 2nd. 
And we're now embarked upon the Christmas season, and I want to kick off with some Christmas messages for the next few weeks, obviously. But I want to start off this season with a little bit of uh, an interesting article that I found about the Christmas season to kind of help get us in the mood before we get in the message today, and we'll see how far we get in today's message and lesson, okay? So have your Bibles, just get them ready, and I'll give you the text here in a bit, but I'm going to read this. I found this interesting. This comes from the Sword of the Lord uh, in publication in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It says, and I quote, it was Christmas time. Two women, their arms filled with bundles and their coat collars raised against the wintry wind, walked past a large downtown department store. In the window was a life-size scene of the nativity. The Christ child in the manger, Mary and Joseph, the kneeling shepherds, and the cattle standing nearby. Can you beat that? One of the women was overheard saying. And she said, the churches are even barging in on Christmas. (laughs) Now, can you imagine that? The churches are even barging in on Christmas. Now, what an irony that some have drifted so far away from the original significance of the Christmas season that the King of Kings should be accused of barging in on his own birthday party. (laughs) Christmas is about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, and that's what we're going to be elevating and talking about. So this is interesting, too, as I continued to read another portion of this article. It says, or what about this? Some 85 years ago, George Bernard Shaw invented a society about the abolition of Christmas. For him, Christmas was simply a, quote, nuisance, Unquote, supported by the mob as a carnival of mendicity, gluttony, and drunkenness. But after years of campaigning, Mr. Shaw had to admit his society was a failure. So far, he said, I'm the only member. <laughs> now, folks, contrast what we've just read with this beautiful story here. And I quote, Wally was nine when asked to participate in the school's Christmas pageant. He was to be the innkeeper. After many rehearsals, the long-awaited even event occurred, and Joseph and Mary came into the inn, and there was Wally, standing at the door with his lantern. What do you want, he asked. We seek lodging, replied Joseph. Go elsewhere, the inn is filled. But, sir, we've asked everywhere in vain. We've traveled far and are very weary. Please, good innkeeper, This is my wife, heavy, with child. You must have some small corner for her. Wally now looked down on Mary with pity. But the prompter called to Wally, Go on with your lines. So Wally continued, There's no room here, be gone. Go on your way. At this point, Joseph sadly placed his arms around Mary. Mary laid her head upon his shoulder, and the two started to move slowly away. Wally stood there in the doorway, watching the forlorn couple with obvious concern and with a tear trickling down his cheek. Suddenly, the Christmas pageant became different from all others. Don't go, Joseph, Wally called out. Bring Mary back. Wally's face lighted up with a bright smile. You can have my room. His tender heart had made room for the Savior. Folks, Christmas lives on. In spirit, having captured the hearts of both young and old. 
and the tender beauty of Christmas sentiment and Christmas singing and Christmas sermons affords us an opportunity as believers to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and for the love of Jesus Christ and his gospel to enter into lives that are normally have it closed off to during the course of the year. So it's Christmas time. It's a wonderful time of the year. And like Wally, do you have room in your heart for Jesus for this Christmas? You know, it is his birthday. Now, I've met some people that also share a birthday on December the 25th that we note on our calendar, and I've always found that interesting. And um, what a great thing to be to say that, hey, my birthday is on the same day as the virgin-born Savior of the world, the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, hey, let's dive into with what time we got left here uh, this morning. Let's get into a, one of our Christmas sermons. There's so many things we could preach about with Christmas themes, just tons of stuff. But I'm going to take you to a very familiar passage of Scripture, so open your Bible today, please. Go to the New Testament book of Luke, chapter 2. Now, you guys know, as you listen, that this is the Good Tidings radio broadcast. And Dorenda and I selected the Good Tidings radio broadcast because it comes from this context of verses in Luke, chapter number 2. So let's read Luke, chapter number 2, beginning in verse number 7. Luke, chapter 2, verse number 7. And she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth goodwill, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they had made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Luke chapter 7, verses 7, chapter 2 rather, verses 7 through 20. Now, what a big book that we could write on Christmas. Think about this. How many sermons could be preached on the holy themes from the scriptures about the birth of Jesus Christ, the virgin-born Savior of the world? Now, I'd like to preach a dozen sermons here at Christmas time, but I'm not afforded that because I've only got a few spots here in the month of December on Saturdays. But we could even make a sermon, take it from the text out of Isaiah 9-6, one of my favorite ones. 
and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. A sermon could be uh, had about the Old Testament prophecies of Jesus' birth, that he was going to come from the tribe of Judah, and he was going to have a virgin mother in the town of Bethlehem, just six miles south of Jerusalem. And it was going to be in the fullness of time, the Bible says. We could have a sermon about the wise men coming from the east, of their faith and the promises of the Scripture in Daniel. Daniel was very instrumental in prophesying his birth, about the prince, the king of the Jews, of their following the Scripture and following the star. There could be sermons about the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. You've probably heard all of these. A sermon could be about the end. There, there was no room, and there was not enough room for them in the end, for Mary and for Joseph. Or about the angel talking to Mary and about the angel talking to Joseph. Folks, there's tons of material in the Bible around the Christmas time for Christmas sermons. So it really would behoove us to just change things up once in a while throughout the calendar year and maybe just preach a Christmas message or share a Christmas sermon to remind us about the fundamental of our Christian faith. And one of them is the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to share something with you today about the angels and the angels sharing a Christmas message, okay? And before I embark upon this any farther with the time we got left, I want to remind you of something. We're the messengers of Jesus Christ. We've trusted him by faith as our Savior. We've been born again of the Spirit, washed in the blood of Jesus, saved by grace through faith, given eternal life, sealed unto the day of redemption. We're on our way to heaven because of Jesus. And remember this. We're messengers, and angels are also messengers for God. So when we preach and teach on angels, sometimes Christians get so enamored with the topic of angels and the, and the subject of angels that they start focusing on the angels instead of on the message that the angels were sharing, and their message was, message was always about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it's a wonderful thing. So let's share some stuff from the scriptures today about this Christmas message that the angels shared, okay? Let's focus on the angels and the message they shared a little bit, all right? Notice this, number one, that angels, they are heavenly messengers. Think about this. At the top of every Christmas tree, tradition tells us that there should be a, a large star or a bright, shining angel. And in many in the minds of many people, nothing will do but an angel. For the angels had so much to do with the virgin birth of Christ and the Christmas story. It's beautifully pictured to have an angel uh, to come back. Uh, angels give us such an awe and such a mystery. When they talk about the miracle of the virgin birth and the joy that the world was going to have because Mary was the, was the vessel that God chose to bring his only begotten son into the world, a virgin named Mary, and Jesus was placed inside of her. So God, placing God inside the womb of a virgin, the virgin Mary, and we must remember something. Mary was a special person, but she was no more special than you or I or Dorinda or anyone else that knows Christ as Savior because she was just a chosen vessel. She's not to be worshiped. She's not to be deified. And to do so, is to do that in error of the Scripture and to be wrong. Jesus is God. All of our worship is ascribed to Him. When we sing to God be the glory, we are singing to Jesus Christ be the glory, because in Him, 
dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He, the Father, and the Holy Ghost who abides in the believer are all one, co-equal, and their power is co-equal, and they have different jobs that they perform in the life of the believer. But Mary was a beautiful, selected woman, just like you are, friend. If you know Christ the Savior and God's wanting to use you, but she's not to be worshipped. Our worship goes to Jesus. So the angels are heavenly messengers. Well, consider this. Consider how much the angels actually had to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. First of all, the angel of the Lord appeared on the right side of the altar of incense in the temple before Zacharias, the priest. You know who he is. Uh, he was the he was uh, the angel appeared to Zacharias, the father of John, telling him, "Look." John is going to be born. John the Baptist is going to be born, and who's going to, he's going to be the forerunner of the Savior Jesus. Then an angel appeared, an angel Gabriel, the angel Gabriel rather, appeared in Galilee in the town of Nazareth to Mary, a virgin, who was engaged to marry Joseph, and announced to her that she would miraculously conceive a son and bring forth Jesus, the Son of God. Now later the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, and comforted his troubled heart. In the words of Matthew 1, verses 20 and 21, he said, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Then think about this. The angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, and announced the birth of Jesus Christ, that it was going to be in Bethlehem. And the scripture says, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Again, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, warning him to take the baby Jesus into Egypt, so Herod could not destroy Christ. Later, when Herod was dead, An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in another dream, telling him to return with Mary and the baby Jesus into the land of Israel. You see, angels are everywhere, folks, all over the Christmas story. So is it any small wonder, then, that the angels are in the Christmas carols? What is one of your favorite Christmas carols? i got to tell you, one of mine is, if not my, maybe my preferred Christmas carol would be, Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. What a message is that is in the the composition of that song. That hymn is beautiful. Hark the herald angels sing. So is it any small wonder that the angels appear in the pictures of great artists who depict the sweet story of Joseph and Mary and the birth of the Lord Jesus, the story of Herod and the wise man and the shepherds? So we see that angels played a significant part. They had a lot to do with the birth of of Jesus Christ. Let me share this with you. This is interesting, too, about angels and the message that they shared about the Christmas story and the virgin birth of Christ. That angels, listen closely here, Christian friend, angels are the loving friends of mankind, and they appear continually, and they long after your happiness and your joy. Do you know that, Christian? They do. Strangely enough, people seem always afraid of angels. But in the events connected with the birth of Jesus, when angels appeared to the people, they first always tried to comfort the people and quiet their fears. Listen to the words of the angel to Zacharias, to Mary, 
to Joseph and to the shepherds. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 13, Fear not, Zacharias. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, Fear not, Mary. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, Durand and I's verse for the Good Tidings radio broadcast, he said to the shepherds, fear not. Angels, folks, are holy and beautiful creatures with supernatural powers and wisdom. And But now, let's remember something here. They are not sinful as we human beings are. And they are not limited like we are in the dimensions we're at. Angels are pure enough to dwell with God and to serve Him. Do you know that angels ministered to Jesus Christ after His temptation? They strengthened Him in the Garden of Gethsemane after He had prayed and sweat drops of blood. The angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled back the stone from the door of the tomb of Christ. And Jesus Christ, the Rock of Ages, walked out victorious over death, hell, and the grave at His resurrection. And the angel sat upon the rock. Two angels stood by the disciples at the ascension of Christ and promised His second coming. So when Jesus comes to the earth to rule and reign, and He's going to do that from Jerusalem, friends, He will come in the clouds with all His holy angels, the Scripture says. Now get this. This is interesting. Revelation 5.11. Folks, think about how many angels are there? Well, in Revelation 5.11, it says there are many millions of angels. The Scripture says 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Angels, think about, they don't marry. They're not born, but they were created by God. Remember, Lucifer is the fallen angel, right? These angels, they never die. Some angels sinned and fell, and Lucifer took a third of them with him when he left, and with his pride tried to take over heaven and was cast out of heaven to the domain of the earth in this atmosphere and stratosphere. Some angels have sinned and they fell, and now they're fallen angels. We call them demons. And they're reserved in everlasting change under darkness under, unto the judgment of the great day, Jude verse 6 says. And it seems that Satan himself was once an archangel. Lucifer, now the fallen by his sin, in Isaiah 14 and verse 12. Yet, strangely enough, these marvelous heavenly beings were made to be the servants of all the saints of God, all Christian people. You're a saint if you've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. No, we don't always act like it. But if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, recognizing you're a sinner, that you can't save yourself, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Every human being owes God a sin debt, and that sin debt must be paid for. And that sin debt can only be paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ, his vicarious, sacrificial, atoning death on the cross of Calvary, where God took every sin you've ever committed or will commit if you live to be a thousand. He did that for every human being, past, present, and future took those sins, laid them upon Jesus, and punished Jesus in our place to pay the sin debt that we owe. Christ did not owe a sin debt. He was the sinless dying for the sinner. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And God put all of our sins on Jesus and punished Him in our place. 
The blood that flowed from Jesus Christ was sinless, holy blood. And the Father accepted that as payment for the sacrifices of humans, humanity's sinful uh, sin debt. And Christ was buried in the tomb, and then he was resurrected the third day for our justification. And God resurrected him, proving that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And the Father had accepted the payment that Jesus made on the cross for our sins. And now that whosoever will, any man, woman, boy, or girl, who understands that they are a sinner in the sight of a holy and just God, and then they must come to Christ by faith and trust Him as Savior, that God by grace will forgive them freely, unmerited, unfavored, just God's favor given to you because you put your faith and trust in Jesus and Him alone to be your personal Savior. And the moment you do that, you are spiritually born again. That's the second birth of John chapter number 3. And now you're a Christian. You're a believer in Christ, and the Bible calls us saints. So think about this. i got to hurry. Time's escaping us real quick. That saints, folks, you're a saint of God, but these angels are sent to be servants to you and I. Hebrews 1.14 says this, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them? who shall be heirs of salvation? You see, the angel's business is to honor God in the protection and care of his people and to please the Lord. Angels, watch after us. It's interesting, very interesting, and time is leaving us real quickly. But it's a fascinating study to see what the angels actually did and how much they were involved in the Christmas story of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. So, here we are, December the 2nd. Folks, it's the Christmas season. Don't be afraid to say Merry Christmas to one another. Oh, I'm not against Happy Holidays. Dorinda and I hear that often. We say that, I think, once in a while. But folks, say Merry Christmas and say it with a holy boldness and a courage and a and a freshness in your heart and a thump in your spirit that you're celebrating the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. It is Christmas. It's the Christmas season. The whole world stops at Christmas time to recognize the virgin birth of Jesus. Do you know even an atheist, even scoffers, even those who believe in false gods and false religions, every time they sign and date a check, they are recognizing the virgin birth of Jesus, the day that he was born in Bethlehem in a stable by the Virgin Mary, God placing God into the womb. So they're unknowingly, unwittingly, or unpurposely recognizing the virgin birth of Jesus, the day that the world stopped, if you will. And we celebrate that in our calendars on December the 25th. It's a beautiful time. It says, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let's be people who spread the gospel message throughout the Christmas season. Lay down gospel tracks, Christmas tracks. Spread joy everywhere you go, folks. You're a Christian. Have a smile. Have a song on your heart. Recognize that Christmas is a celebratory time. And then do something for other people. Christmas is about others. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We should be giving to other people. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That blind person, help them. That that homeless person, help them. Help somebody with a meal. Help them with prayer. Invite them to church. Give them a gospel tract. Bring somebody a meal. 
go to the hospital and take a flower and just visit with somebody. See if you can and pray with someone. Get them a box of the good old-fashioned cherry chocolates. Drenda just had some cherry chocolates the other night, and she reminded me just how good they are. So, listen, if you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, nothing else matters. Now, if you'd like to trust Him as your Savior, follow me in this prayer right now. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven when I die. Amen. Now, if you've done that, you write me at drdave13 at gmail.com. I've got some free literature that I'll mail you. Folks, this has been the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor and teacher, Dr. David Pinkerton, accompanied by my lovely wife, Dorinda. And we're grateful that you've listened today. Celebrate Jesus, and you look forward to the Christmas season. Let's have a wonderful Christmas season. God bless every one of you. Yes, they finally here. Amen.